0: sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. back to the podcast. This is the Topanga Moon Podcast. Thanks for joining me again on this beautiful winter day, (laughs) wherever you are. Um, And if you're new to this space, thank you for tuning into the podcast to this beautiful, moon-loving Desert loving soul community, even though I'm not in the desert. (laughs) I like to um, bring in the energy um, and the vibration of the essence of that area that I love so much. And the soul chats that you would have around a fire looking up at the stars. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this episode. It's um, all about winter, you know, winter rituals. Um, A big focus on the age of Aquarius, what that even means, like, I've been hearing age of Aquarius for so long, but I'm like, what does that even mean? And when did it start? And, you know, so I did a bunch of research on the background of the age of Aquarius, when people predicted started and all of those things. And this leads us to talking about the winter solstice, which is coming up in the next two weeks. And that's going to be a really mystical, magical time. So I really wanted to tie in this wintry episode with talking about the solstice because that's going to be a powerful cosmic event. And then I have some winter rituals for you, solstice rituals. And then I'm going to get into er- some herbs for this season and this time and specifically for this Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, which we're going to talk a little bit about. And these are all things that I've been doing some research on. So if you do, like I am not an astrologer, so if you do know more about this topic and you want to share some insight with me, definitely send me a message, um, and I'd love to share it with the community. But this is just research from various different... Um, websites and podcasts that I listen to, and I kind of compile them all here for you because that's also part of my human design. I am a researcher. So that's what I love to do and what I'm good at doing. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'm excited to dive into this episode and and really talk about the magic of winter and really appreciating and loving winter wherever you are and this idea of loving the moment and finding the beauty in even this like season that's you know darker because of uh, I guess depending on which part of the world you're listening from but in uh, the northern hemisphere right now um, I'm in near Toronto Canada so in that kind of area The Sun goes down earlier. We have less light. Um, It's going to start to increase during the winter solstice. But it's this time of like true introspection and coldness and snow and being inside more. But how can we really find the beauty in the moments right now? And like, for instance, I'm recording this podcast episode with just like cozy blankets and all of my beautiful candles around and low lighting and just embracing this time in this moment and finding the magic within it because i really believe that all seasons hold different magic and hold different energy and when we move with the different seasons just like when we move with the different uh moon phases we can really tap in and utilize the energy of that moment there's a reason for seasons and there's a reason for this like cyclical um you know beautiful transitional times that we experience in so many different facets of our life and instead of trying to race to the next one how about we try to embrace and really love the season of our life that we're in the season that we're living in and um loving the moment that you have right now, which will just help you with your manifestations and help you move to the place and the vision and the goals and the dreams and the travels that you hope to experience. So yes, finding the gratitude and finding the love and really, you know, having fun in the winter. I mean, we're approaching the holiday season and I know that could be You know, a challenging time for some people, and some people love it. But even if you are kind of more by yourself this time of year because of everything that's going on in the world, know that you can connect in so many different ways, connect with people, and, you know, listening to different podcasts or creating beautiful ritual spaces for yourself. And I'm going to get into some of those rituals that you can do, which is really going to enlighten and bring some more magic to your space and your time and this could be a really beautiful time for setting intentions and watering the seeds of what you have and in your vision and that's what this like hibernation winter season is about it's about you know being cozy uh going inwards really listening to your intuition and feeding your soul and feeding your um, divine mission at this time and that can be slower and more thoughtful and just taking your time so anyways that's been a quite that's been a tangent and (laughs) I'm gonna get more into today's topic so that we don't have a super super long episode but whatever it may be we'll be But before I go in to today's episode, um, I just got, you know, on Spotify, I'm sure you all, if you're listening on Spotify specifically, you have a Spotify account, but you know, you could be listening from other places, which is awesome as well. Um, And if you are listening on iTunes, it'd be great if uh, you could drop me a review because that just helps other people find the podcast if you're feeling, feeling up to it. But I just got in that Spotify review for podcasters and it was kind of like my wrapped 2020 stats of you know how the podcast did and where it how many countries it reached and all those things and and one of the things that was so exciting and so fun to learn is that the podcast grew the most in Argentina which is such a fun thing to um to really like to discover and I've been wanting to go to that area and it's really funny because I remember last year on this road trip that I did through the kind of like Nevada area into Joshua Tree during New Year's so it's almost been a year I remember on our trip we did this like fun game of like where would you like to spend like you know, if the world was, if we were all being transported to another planet, where would you, <laughs> what would you like to do on your last day here on earth and spend on your last day? And for whatever reason, this, this answer came to my mind and it's been the top of my travel destination list for so long. Um, and I don't know why I'm just feel so called to it is the Patagonia area, which I know is um, in Argentina and Chile, kind of like a region that has both Argentina and Chile um, and the Andes Mountains and all of that whole area I want to just to explore so much. So when I saw that on my rapt, I was like, wow, what a beautiful cosmic like synchronicity and connection and affirmation that, um, you know, I really should go and visit that area when when i can when travel is a little bit easier to navigate um but yeah so that's going to be definitely you know next on my list or next plan for a major trip is that area and i can't wait and i'm so excited that there's people in that area listening to this podcast so if you are i would I would love to hear from you and if you I have heard from some people which is amazing and I I love talking to you so we can continue messaging and if you are from that area and, and you haven't um, reached out to me please do send me an email send me a message on Instagram I would love to chat about how you found the podcast and um, just more about that area because I want to learn so much about it before I go and visit so it's so cool. So excited. Maybe I'll do a moon party there (laughs) one day. Maybe that's what's going to happen. But yeah, I just wanted to share that because I thought it was really such a beautiful um, just confirmation from the cosmos. So let's get into today's topic, which is the age of Aquarius and winter solstice, winter rituals, and herbs. So many astrologers seem to agree that we have been going through about six astrology phases with each one lasting 2100 years so just like we are governed by a specific zodiac our culture and civilization goes through phases of different um, zodiac phases so there is dispute on you know when it started or if it has started yet when i'm talking about the age of aquarius so some astrologers believe it started in 2012 which was kind of the end of the mayan calendar and while others suggest that it begins in 2021 and some people believe that it will actually happen on the winter solstice which is the end of 2020 when we have the big saturn jupiter conjunction so there's many different um you know, beliefs of when the age of Aquarius started, or if it even has started yet, but it definitely feels like, and I'm going to get into kind of the different like characteristics of what it would mean to be in an age of Aquarius, that have given us clues as to the feeling and kind of knowing that we've moved into this new age. So it was popularized in the 60s, you know, the dawning of the Age of Aquarius, and that started the New Age movement. And that was a huge time, um, kind of like the hippie, free lifestyle, New Age uh, moment. And it was just this kind of catchphrase that came from a song that really defined the energy and the vibration of that time, dawning of the Age of Aquarius, you know, and this feeling that they were on the precipice of moving into this new age and that we were going to be moving in at this time because if it was the dawning of the age of Aquarius, that means that we've now entered or are about to enter the age of Aquarius. But if an astrological phase of our civilization lasts for about 2,100 years, that means that you know, we would just be at the very beginning of this transition and we're moving from the age of Pisces, and going into the age of Aquarius. So some believe that the age of Aquarius begins on February 11th, when there are a cluster of planets in the sign of Aquarius. Um, And like I said, some believed that it was in the year 2012. Um, Some think that it's happening on the solstice. So there's various different accounts, and there's no one true accurate like definite yes this is when the age of aquarius kind of begins um and i don't think that we can really know i think that we can have a feeling or maybe like an intuition but we're always going to have this like rough general idea of when the age of aquarius really began because it lasts for so long and there's this like transition period between the last age into this new age and we're going to be you know with any transition it's like there's gonna be like feelings of the old age, feelings of the new age kind of mixed in until we like finally enter into the feeling of this age of Aquarius. So, like I was saying, some believe that it's happening on the solstice, and there's a reason for this because there's that big Jupiter conjunct Saturn when Jupiter and Saturn meet for the first time since the Middle Ages, which is wild. And it's in the first degree of Aquarius. So that's why people believe that that's going to be this like big momentous um, astrological phenomenon that hasn't happened for, you know, for so many years and it's also in the first degree of Aquarius. So that is kind of like the symbol for people of us really moving into that age of Aquarius and then especially going into the new year in 2021. And with everything that's kind of been going on in 2020, it really feels like we are in the dawning of the age of Aquarius, you know, moving into this new energy, this new world. Um, yeah. So people see this as the cosmic push that ushers us into this new age. And since we don't know when it started, but roughly that we are in it or approaching that transition from Pisces. So what does this all mean? So Aquarian energy helps us to shift and evolve. It's, you know, all about new technologies, new advancements, and it's about activism, fairness, and creating harmony and balance. So if we really think about the qualities of of Aquarian energy, it's really about everything that we've kind of been um, experiencing this year and moving into the next year, and these ideas that are coming up that are really beautiful of, creating more fairness and harmony on the planet, creating equality, um, using technology to heal our planet and to help us and to be that bridge of connection and communication and to really be our own self-sovereign beings um, where we find our own intuition and use that and kind of like move away from the time of the gurus and really seek our own internal knowing of what's best for us and and what's you know most truthful for us in a way of being connected to each other and bringing that harmony and always doing things for the best of our planet and the best of ourselves so the one thing we do know however is that it takes around 200 to 300 years to gradually transition from one age to another and right now we are transitioning as I was saying before uh, from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius and we've already seen so many Aquarius Aquarian influences you know technological advancements, science internet these are all trademarks of Aquarius so definitely when you know the internet was starting to come out and social media and all the new technological advancements that have been happening so rapidly in the last 20, 30 years, those are definitely marks of this Aquarian energy, you know, having that vision for the future, um, using technology to better ourselves and better humanity. And it's all obviously in the way that we use the technology. But those are the markers of what it means to kind of transition from that, the, the old age to the new age is what I'll say um and the age of aquarius's ultimate goal is individual freedom and liberation and this is for the good of all humanity and especially leaning into that harmony justice and fairness for all so it's really this idea of this like collective liberation so liberating ourselves being autonomous self-sovereign beings so that we can come together and join in as a community and help each other and bring more equality bring more fairness to the planet and really balance out the scales that have been tipped for so long um, and really bring more beautiful energy balancing energy you know the yin and the yang the feminine and masculine And letting that all kind of work together in a really harmonious way and allowing each other to, if you know you're thriving in your life, how can you help others thrive at the same time? It's like lifting each other up at the same time, which is such a beautiful, you know, new age to move into of this harmony, balance on the planet. And that also majorly includes our um our earth our planet's health our own individual health and just making sure that everybody has a seat at the table and everybody is being taken care of and everyone has the right to all of the beautifulness in this in this world so i do want to get into kind of the other ages that we have kind of gone through so you can get an understanding of the different characteristics of the different times that really made up that age so we started with the age of leo and this was considered the great golden age you know after the ice age when things began to warm up and leo is governed by the sun so that makes sense and it was all about culture worshiping the sun so you had the sun gods and like goddesses and it was just this like resurgence after this ice age so that was the age of leo then we had and moved into the age of Cancer. So this was the great mother and the goddess worship. So it was all the goddess worshiping. We really had um this feminine energy that we were focused on and it was really this beautiful um just reverence for the female energy on the planet, the mother. Um so that was the age of Cancer. And then we moved into the age of Gemini which was developing the intellect and languages of communication um, this was around the time of the garden of eden and that's the whole story of you know the tree of knowledge and just that whole area and arena of languages coming up communication expanding the worldview, um, and that was really the age of gemini which makes sense because gemini is all about communication and spreading information and then we had the age of taurus which was all about like money and banking banking was invented and you d- there was developing developments of cities then we moved into the age of aries which is the iron age weapons and warfare and all these this kind of war going on in different communities and then we had the age of aries which was the process of individualization was necessary and this is how we humans developed courage and ownerships of our destiny so however aries is more of like a first me first energy and that was fully embedded in our consciousness and it was a time for something different after that so after that kind of period of the the me first there needed to be something else to move humanity further And that moved us into the age of Pisces. So the Lamb of God that was sacrificed at the birth of Jesus was a symbolic end of the age of Aries and the dawn of the new age of Pisces. And the age of Pisces was all about the great world religion. So it was all about, you know, that connection to our intuition, the connection to spirit, all the different religions coming up. And um, the symbol of Pisces is two fish that swim in different directions, yet they are tied together by an umbilical cord. This image of a symbol is for the ego and the soul that have different agendas, yet are part of the same whole. The higher process of the age of Pisces is understanding that separation is just an illusion and that we can become whole again when we reconcile the ego and the soul or the yin and the yang parts of our psyche. So this moves us into kind of, you know, leaving the age of Pisces, which is all about the religious structures and going into um, this, you know, new renaissance, which is all about higher values of humanitarianism, knowledge, reason, innovation, and people who work towards a greater goal together. So during this new age, we can expect new types of energies to be discovered. So something like, you know, finding um, new ways to create heat and energy and and things that we need for our planet that's going to be good for Mother Earth at the same time as be efficient and um, help us with our new innovations. Other likely developments are artificial intelligence, space travel, or continued space travel, and connections with other forms of life. Aquarius is the most global sign of the zodiac. It rules networks and communities based on a mutual vision. So in the next 2,000 years, there's no more place for the top-down hierarchical cultures or extreme political doctrines. It's really going to be a we-first community um, view on the planet, and that's really what we're going to see when we're um, moving towards that new age and feeling this new energy of coming together and really helping each other and helping our world thrive. Aquarius is a democratic... Um, Eglaticarian sign and the types of top-down systems that have dominated our society in the last millennia will simply cease to work. So the age of Aquarius will come with a completely different operating system, something we haven't seen yet, or at least in the last like 26,000 years. (laughs) Um, Another point about this new age is that we are veering away from the guru. We are now consulting our own intuition and finding our own way the way that makes sense to you. And it really doesn't have to look like that, um, look like another way. So I'm really seeing this a lot. And I think a lot of people are talking about this idea. And this is really a true value of the age of Aquarius. They're, the Aquarians are independent and in um, they think of new things in new ways uh, that make sense to them. Um, so it's really this idea that We can consult our own intuition. We have everything inside of us that will point us in the right direction, that will help us find the next step. And we're really feeling this right now. And I'm seeing this talked about with, you know, from a lot of uh, beautiful speakers that I, I listen to or I see in social networks. And I'm really loving this idea because it really gives everyone their own, um, you know autonomy and their own way of being that we don't have to put restrictions on people that we don't have to put our own perspective onto other people that you can actually find your own way that makes sense to you that feels good to you and it doesn't have to look right to anybody else but for you that's exactly how your soul wanted things to come out and to play out and you have that roadmap within you. It doesn't have to come from anywhere else or from anybody else. And that's such a powerful place to be and also loving place to be because you're loving your own intuition and you're loving your internal guidance system and you're co-creating and you're creating your own path that feels good for you and also makes you feel more aligned to the cosmos and connected to your spirit and really just allowing your soul to kind of take the wheel and to be the driving force in your life. And that's just gonna make you happier, healthier, more connected um, and just more well-rounded and be able to be an example to others that they can live their life in their own independent way and be successful and thriving and um, happy and healthy and really do things in their own terms. And it's this exciting time where We don't have to, like, wait for permission. (laughs) It's the age of not waiting for permission. It's the age of creating our own unique way and our own unique expressions and letting our soul kind of um, be the one to really express itself because that's exactly what your unique soul came here to do. So that is what I believe this, like, true representation of the age of Aquarius is. It's your own soul becoming more authentic and, you know, going after life and creating the life that you want in your own way and all the uniqueness. And then that uniqueness can come together as a collective and as a whole. And we see everybody's unique expression. And it's like, I want to describe it as um, I'm seeing this image of a quilt. So every single patch of a quilt is so unique. But when you put it together, it's like this beautiful tapestry that's what the age of Aquarius feels like to me. We're all coming in with our own unique expressions and somehow it's like all the little missing pieces when we put them all together it's like, "Oh wow, this quilt is so beautiful and this puzzle makes sense and everybody has their place." And when everybody's lit up and when everybody is more excited about life, we just have a more harmonious, beautiful place to live. And that's what we're all wanting for each other and that's what we're moving into and What a beautiful world that is when we can see everybody's unique expressions, show up as our own unique expression, be accepted, be loved exactly as we are and love ourselves and love other people exactly as they are. So I see the age of Aquarius as a beautiful quilt of all of us coming together. So... Let's go into um, more of the, I was going to say summer solstice, (laughs) which makes no sense because we're moving into the winter solstice. So this is um, also called Yule. It's a really beautiful time where we start to see the resurgence of sun again. So it's like after the solstice, there's um, slowly but surely the sun comes out for longer and it's this beautiful time of the celebration of light, um, light in the darkness and this transition into the winter months and also the new year and this year it's this and like like I said before I'm not an astrologer so I don't know um, too much about this conjunction i just know that it is a big one and that it's saturn and jupiter saturn conjunct jupiter or jupiter conjunct saturn one of those ways and it really marks this time that we have not seen for many many years and i think that it's you know like i've seen in my research for me it kind of feels like the beginning of the age of aquarius and whatever it means like to you really this beginning point where we move into the new year and are starting fresh and are bringing our authentic self and we have this opportunity for so much beauty and newness at that moment and whatever it does mean within a cosmic sphere um I want to celebrate it. So I have some winter rituals that you can practice on the solstice. I love celebrating rituals on the solstice. I think it's such a magical time. The veil is thin. We can really connect to our ancestors. Um, I mean, we can connect to them at any point, really. It can be a Tuesday and you can connect to them if you <laughs> if you feel like it. But it's, this, it's a special time right before um, the holidays really begin. And you can practice... Beautiful ritual that's going to move you and change your energy for the coming year. So I love celebrating solstice rituals and doing different rituals on the solstice, and it's a celebration of light. Um, And so many different rituals are practiced around the world for Yule, for Winter Solstice. So this is one that came to me, and I'll let you know what what it is. So the solstice is a beautiful time to honor the winter season and the beauty of light that is starting to increase after this day. So have a Yule dinner, and then rise with the sun. So this whole event is celebrating the light in the darkness. Design an incredible dinner party, whether it be for yourself, for your um your family for people that are close to you maybe you can even do it digitally if you want on zoom but decorate a beautiful evening full of light light so many candles like recently i got all these beautiful antique candlesticks and um i'm gonna be lighting them all up on this beautiful dinner with like string lights all around the whole theme of the dinner should be about light and bringing in those warm glowy, um, yellow, golden colors to really illuminate um, the light. And I would, after you set up your whole dinner party, wherever it may be, maybe you want to have like a little picnic. If you have a little wood burning stove or fireplace, maybe you have this table, just bring out all of your fancy china and dishware and just like really go all out on this night because it's going to be a really special time that hasn't happened in a really many, many years. So, why not celebrate this moment? And it could just totally be for yourself because I'm probably going to be by myself on that night. So, I'm going to do a whole dinner party. And for me, I'm going to invite my ancestors to my party. So, I will set up different spots for my guides and my ancestors and just cook this elaborate meal and just really have a celebration for, you know, everyone that's here, everyone on the other side, and that connection to that cosmic space and the other realm that we have access to, and really that celebration of light. So I'm gonna design this beautiful table and I'm gonna have lights everywhere, like I said, and candles and play really beautiful music and have a gorgeous meal, have a couple drinks, probably have some wine and just celebrate the night. So then after the meal, is all done another part of this ritual is staying up until the sun rises so that is staying up and doing things that you love maybe going on a walk in the woods I mean maybe you don't want to go on the walk in the woods, but maybe a little walk outside or just going outside to look at the moon and the stars and appreciate that light. But the idea is to wake up to for the sunrise as an honor for the light and for the light that's going to be coming in. And and during that time, you could do a lot of introspective writing, journaling, um, a letting go ceremony, whatever it may be that's going to do lots of meditation, just Enjoy the whole evening. Make it into a whole ritualistic night until you wake up with the sun. And then you wake up with the sun. Go out at the sunrise. Write your intentions for the new year, for the solstice. Write a little, um, just a wish that you have for the solstice. And do an offering to the sun and then probably go to sleep. And that is my winter solstice ritual to honor the beautiful solstice time so I want to talk about a couple some herbs that are really good for you at this time you know I think that having a really beautiful um, and strong immune system and taking care of our bodies first and foremost is such a special gift and an honor that we can do so what are some different herbs that you can do so one of them that came up was elder so you can do a hot tea infusion of flowers can help during the onset of cold, fever, flu, tonsillitis, laryngitis. It's um, it's a relaxant has relaxing effects and can also relieve um, any kind of conge- congestion that you have. Both the flowers and berries are antimicrobial. You can gargle with elderflower infusion to soothe a sore throat, mouth any inflamed gums, it's just a really beautiful thing to be using um, this flower medicine at this time. So elder was one that came up. Rosemary, you can do use rosemary in a lot of your dishes. Um, anything that you're cooking, maybe for your winter solstice feast, you can add in some rosemary. So those are two suggestions. And then I also in my, I have this beautiful book that was gifted to, to me, it's this vintage book called The Herb Book and it's the most complete catalog of nature's miracle plants, ever published, it claims. And I want to read to you some herbs that are connected to Jupiter and connected to Saturn. So these are things that you can incorporate into your winter solstice ritual or herbs that you can just have around at that time um, because they have that connection to the planet. So it's really cool to use, start to use different um, enhancements that are connected to the different planetary bodies and really just elevate your rituals and elevate those moments that you have that are sacred so for jupiter um, certain nutritious food fruits and nuts some almond chestnut currant, fig olive rosehip which is great because those are you know very wintry things that you can find and great to have at a winter party Uh, plants with a pleasant odor so anise balm cloves english mirth Jasmine, linden, meadowsweet, nutmeg, which is great because I'm gonna share this beautiful um, apple cider recipe for you, which has nutmeg in it, so you can also incorporate that into your winter solstice ritual night. The oak tree, which is associated with the god Jupiter in mythology. So those are all the different things you can bring in for the Jupiter. Now, um, with Saturn, so plants with cooling qualities barley comfy root tamarind woody shrubs on trees that show annual rings like saturn rings elm cypress pine so maybe you can get some like pine essential oils or something like that uh poisonous or narcotic plants hellebore hemlock marijuana meserone uh monk should you um others are quincy red beets and solomon's seal so you can have some red beet with your dinner uh maybe you wanna smoke some marijuana because <laughs> it's associated with saturn which I didn't know <laughs> so I mean of course you know in the proper I don't want to recommend anything but Um, if you're into it, I mean, it is legal here in Canada. So, you know, go for it. Maybe just some CBD. I don't know. So yeah, so those are some great herbs and things that you can add into your winter ritual. So I'm going to let you know about this um, really great, where is it? Um, Hot apple cider uh, recipe that I made for one of the moon parties. And it was such a hit. It was great. And You don't really need that much. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need for it. So you just want to get some, oh, here it is. Basically, it's just unsweetened apple juice, which you're going to heat up and kind of um, you can put it in um, your teapot or something that just like boil it over the stove and just warm up this unsweetened apple juice. You're gonna add cloves, cinnamon sticks, black peppercorn, nutmeg, and then in the glass, you're gonna add an orange zest. So just over the stove, you're gonna just heat up and warm up all of these things together. The apple juice, cloves, cinnamon sticks, black, black peppercorns, and nutmeg. And it's really delicious. And then when you're kind of warming it up and kind of creating this um, drink with all of the different spices in it you just want to use um, like a coffee filter or something to just filter out uh, the cinnamon sticks nutmeg and all of that just so it's just easy drinking of just the juice but it's been infused with the the different herbs so that's something else that you can have at your winter solstice celebration So let me know if you do host a Winter Solstice Celebration, if you have any more info on the Age of Aquarius, if you want to chat more about anything that we talked about today on the podcast. Um, I love this time of year. I love the holidays. I love watching cheesy holiday movies with some drinks and nice food. It's like one of my favorite things to do when the snow is falling outside and you can do like a little wintry walk it's just such a beautiful time and we can embrace and find the beauty at any moment. So yeah, let me know if you are planning on doing a winter solstice ritual party. I'd love to hear about it. Um, and you can message me at any time. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode all about winter rituals, all the wintry goodness, all the beautiful Cosmo chats. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I hope you have a great rest of your day, whatever day you're listening to this. And sending you all moon blessings. Until next time.